We are back in the New York groove, baby. Katie and Caitlin are so excited to be back from Austin delivering another episode of The Real Football Fans of New Jersey for you. So fill up those wine glasses and check it out. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. We are back. We missed you guys last week so, so much. As much as we missed you, we had a tremendous time together. We'll get into that a little bit later, but this is episode 164. So I know we're just keep, we keep up and up and up and up up and up and honestly, like, with the summer and everything, we might take an episode off here and there. So you guys just have to understand that and bear with us like last week. But we are so freaking excited to be back with you. And yeah, we're delivering you the, the best content of football, housewives, wine related. So always giving that to you guys week after week. So why don't we go ahead and get into it. So to start, we are answering your questions questions. Obviously, we've got, you know, our canned questions that we gather before the show. But if you do have any questions for us throughout the show, go ahead and ask and we'll be more than happy to answer them. But let's start with the first one. And this is a good one. It's very timely. And I say timely and we'll get into why it's timely later. Um, If Eli Manning were to make the Hall of Fame, who would you want to see give his inductee speech? Inductee speech. Yeah. Um, The mouthful. Great question. Love the Hall of Fame speeches. They're always good. It's always important to get somebody really solid to represent you and, and, you know, hopefully give a very heartfelt speech. And I think there's a lot of really good options for Eli, but I feel as though there's only one really great, obvious option. And I really, truly believe it has to be Tom Coughlin. I, Katie, I could not agree with you more. What I would truly love to see is like the entire offensive line give a collective speech. That would be good too. Um, you know, especially just like with, um, you know, just so many of the memories popping up lately with the 10 year anniversary of the Super Bowl and with both of them, both Super Bowls he was in with these guys. Um, cause they would even like when, you know, I remember when he was benched, they were going to run through a brick wall for him. They were going (laughs) to, I think it's really funny that you actually mentioned that because I didn't even like think that in my brain when I was thinking about options, but like, I think I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I feel so Sean O'Hara was like, and happy birthday to him. Today's his birthday. HBD. I feel as though Sean O'Hara was like Eli's closest friend on the team. And, and honestly, like it might not be too surprising to see somebody like him go up there and give that speech. One of his teammates. I can totally see that as well, but I just, Tom Coughlin is just like, and I got a big shout out. I'm wearing the Tom yeah. Coughlin J Fund t-shirt. They sent it to me. Great organization. Clearly Tom Coughlin is a great man. One of Katie, <laughs> my favorite men in the world. Um, 
he's just so passionate about what he does. And he was so passionate about that Giants team and everything that he was able to accomplish with them. But most importantly, he was passionate about Eli Manning as a player and the man he is today. He, you know, really like lifted him up and showcased him, you know, and really went to battle for him in every way, shape or form. And even I'll never forget the speech when he obviously left the Giants organization and Eli was in the crowd, very upset, clearly. And he just point blank, not scripted, called him out and said, this is not your fault. And I was just like, (laughs) or when he said, like, you know, if you have a son, like you want him to be like Eli. It's just like everything that I saw, they uh, like essentially if you were born tomorrow and was never given NFL knowledge in the next 10 years, you would probably think that Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning were father and son. Like you just go into it and see clips like that. Um, So yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you there. It is also, I do have to, I know we called out Sean O'Hara for his birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to call out real quick. It is also, uh, Darnay Holmes' birthday on the New York Ooh. Giants. So HBD. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. A lot of Giants love today. A lot of Giants birthdays today. So yeah. happy birthday. And our second question of the night is, how was Austin? <laughs> that is where we were last week. Yes, yes. Last week, Caitlin and I were in Austin for our friend's bachelorette party. And I'm just happy to be here with you guys this week. I'm happy to have made it out alive. We're, uh, we're we're here. We're here. I am feeling, definitely feeling a bit under the weather. Mm-hmm. So if I blow my nose during this episode, I got my box of tissues. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely a little run down. My coworker today told me it's because I'm too old to be going to bachelorette parties. And I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I can hang. I can. Hang. I thought we did a great job with hanging. So yeah. we did a lot of day, like early evening daytime activities, which was right. great because as an older person, you love to day drink and go to sleep. So that was phenomenal. But all of our nighttime activities, we were there. The only difference about being younger and going to a you know, weekend long bender is you just fall asleep and you don't really care. As adults, we truly do care. So I was on, um, you know, hydration duty all weekend. So I was making sure everyone was hydrated. We chugged, uh, you know, I've got these little hydration packets. So before bed, we were chugging everything we could. And listen, I woke up every morning feeling okay. Was I going to go run a marathon? Absolutely not. But it's better than waking up and not wanting to move and do any activity of the day. But as opposed to our normal wines, uh, Katie and I did not drink wines. We were white clawing it all weekend. I had a lot of gin. I had some really good gin cocktails. And I had a lot of Bud Lights too. So lattes. Yes, a lot of Bud Lattes, a lot of, you know, seltzers, white claws, all of that stuff. We went to brunch. We had mimosas. Oh, a lot of mimosas. Love a good mimosa, obviously. But I do have to give a shout out to, to this brand called um, Fit Vine. I'm drinking their wine right now. Um, so it's just helping me. This is not a paid ad, I promise. Um, I'm very much getting stricter with my fitness goals. I am doing a fitness challenge for Orange Theory right now. And obviously coming back after the Bachelorette weekend, yeah. I 
needed to take a, a big break this week. Obviously, today I did want to have a glass of wine with our fans. Um, but this wine is like completely less sugar than all the other wines out there. And, and they're gluten free, they're all this free, and they really help active people like the two of us stay on track with our goals. So big shout out to them. Thank you for allowing me to have a glass of wine with my co-host on this Don't show worry. on Wednesday. So yeah. I, it's the regular wine might not be here for a while, but in the meantime, I'm good with this. So all right. All right. I dig it. I dig it. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for those questions. And as Caitlin said, keep sending them our way. Questions, comments, we are live and we will respond. So uh, let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of football. We've got some NFL quick hot topics for you. And this first one is on brand with the one question that we got. Uh, and it's definitely super, super exciting, especially, you know, obviously as a Giants fan. But on Monday, it was announced that Eli Manning will be rejoining the New York Giants in a business operations and as quarterback. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I would go. I would I would still be down for it. Hi. Um, so, you know, we kind of expected this um, in this offseason. Like Eli kind of like went into retirement. He took that first year off, like clearly probably spent a lot of family time and obviously COVID was going on and everything like that. And I feel as though, you know, he got settled a bit and um, this off season, we definitely heard rumblings of the two parties, the giants and Eli Manning wanting to have a re have a reunion, make a role for Eli within the organization yeah. and come back together. So I do have a quote from Eli. He said, after not being able to come back in the facility for a full year to finally seeing my former teammates and the individuals I've spent the past 16 years with, like the trainers, equipment guys, video, scouting, management, owners, it's incredibly exciting to be back. Staying involved with this organization is very important to me. I love the organization, love the Giants and the fans, and so I want to do anything possible to help them out and be a part of it. Oh, I love it. This is why, like... You know, Caitlin and I talk a lot on this show about the fact that, like, it's going to be very rare um, moving into the future to see a franchise quarterback stay with one franchise. Right. Not only, not only play 16 seasons, but mm -hmm. do that with one team. It's going to become more and more rare, I feel. Um, and so to have this come full circle now and not only see Eli spend his whole playing career with the Giants, but now continue his professional career um, on the business side with the Giants is just amazing. And, and mm -hmm. what that team means to him and what he means to the New York Giants is, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Also, you know, obviously huge appreciation for him. Uh, so they've already announced that on September 26th, the Giants will be inducting Eli into the Giants Ring of Honor, and they will also have his number 10 jersey retired uh -huh. during a halftime ceremony at MetLife Stadium when the Giants will be playing the Atlanta Falcons week three of this NFL season. We have to go do that game. Um, I definitely, like, this was announced and I immediately went to Ticketmaster and I think, uh, because Atlanta's not that great of a team. Right. Um, or, like, we don't have a rivalry with them. It's not a division game. Um, and I checked prices and they were definitely, like, 
they were a little steep. They were a little steep. Yeah. Uh, license plate guy. I'm definitely going to try and get a, in on this. If you follow license plate guy, I'm sure he's doing it on Twitter as well. But I don't. I'm looking at this on Instagram. He is doing a raffle to okay. raffle away tickets for that specific game. So yes, tickets are definitely a little steep. Um, but it would be an unbelievable experience to attend that game. So yeah. if you're hurting money wise, if you just spent a lot of money at a bachelorette party in Austin <laughs> and you need a little love, um, try to get in on this raffle. Yeah. License plate guy. That's a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so pumped. This is phenomenal news. It's that feel good news that you yeah. need. Oh, I absolutely love it. I love Eli's reaction to everything. I love all the videos they put out, the pictures, like, the jokes, you know, that he's getting his own office, wearing business casual, not a jersey anymore. So it just, he, you know, Eli's face fits within that organization. He is such a big part of the New York Giants brand. So this was a no brainer that he's coming back, working with an operations, working with a uh, fan engagement. You, he I love is, that. He's literally all of our, like, we are his number one fan. So why would you not bring him in to work with individuals? So I think it's a great, you know, job for him. I don't know how quote unquote much of a, how much heavy lifting he'll be doing, how much they're paying him in regards to that. But, you know, cause you know, he's got a million and other one things going he's on. He's got money for life. And he's got money for life. So who knows? Maybe he's doing it for free, doing it for the clout, even though he doesn't even need the clout anymore. But he, um, I just, again, like it's the news that you want to hear. Uh, us Giants fans are so, so excited. Uh, if we do that, go get to get, if we do get to go to that game, you know, not only would be a great experience, uh, you know, it would be an honor to go to that game and watch yeah. it. I'd be so, so overly emotional. Uh, oh God, I'm getting a little emotional now, like at halftime for sure. Like I just, um, but and I know just Giants fans in general, that'll be a, a truly um, amazing experience and just time for everyone. So absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait for that moment, whether uh, we're there or not, I can't wait for it. And so unbelievably well-deserved. So um, on Monday, we had other, you know, kind of breaking news here. We had Las Vegas Raider defensive end Carl Nassib. Uh, if you don't know Carl Nassib, you should. He's a very, very good player in the NFL. But also mm -hmm. uh, Giants fans, his brother is Ryan Nassib, who was our right. backup quarterback for the Giants for a very long time. That is how I know him when he got drafted. Right. That, that was like, I think what showed up, like showed on the screen. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is a beast though. Like you, you will see that name on like the NFL top 100 list, mm -hmm. like great player. Um, so on Monday, he, uh, took to his Instagram. He posted a video basically, you know, coming out as gay. Um, and he has become the first active NFL player to do so. I don't know about you, but when that news broke, I was like, Oh, he is like, I just, yeah. Like 2021. And I feel like, Oh, really? Like nobody's done it before. Now we did have Sam, right. Beal, um, but he was not active announced yeah. after he was out of the league. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that's why I was like, Oh, really? Like yeah. first. Um, but you know, sure enough, here we are. Uh, it had to happen eventually. Right. It, crazy. But, um, support, you know, poured in for him. Oh yeah. I would expect it. And I did love to see, um, 
And so much so that in the last 24 hours since he posted that video to his Instagram, his jersey became the top selling item yeah. across the league, which is honestly I so amazing. He gave such a good, um, like what he spoke about in his video, it wasn't crazy long. No. Um, he, one of the things I love that he said, he was like, I can't wait till there comes a day where like people don't have to make videos like this or don't have to like announce it. And he's so right. And I know this is like kind of like veering off, but um, I love the movie Love, Simon. Oh, yes. You told me to watch that. And I I think I watched a little bit of it. I don't know if I watched the whole thing. That's about a boy in high school who um, is gay and he's kind of like hiding it and, and is secret about it and doesn't feel comfortable coming out. Um, and in that movie, it's funny. He's like kind of reflecting by himself and he's like, why is it that I have to come out as gay? It's not like you know, straight people have to sit down with their parents and come out to them and say, right. I'm straight. Right. Like, and so it's, it kind of reminded me of that. Carl yeah. was like, you know, I hope one day we get to a point where like, we don't have to like make videos like this. It's just like who we are, but that's okay. Like I'm here to do it. And he was, um, he also, this was really awesome. He pledged a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor mm -hmm. project, which is an organization yeah. that provides, uh, crisis and suicide prevention services for the LGBTQ community. Um, and the NFL actually matched that donation. They donated $100,000 as well, which I, I think the Raiders matched it too. So yeah, other organizations might yeah. have as well and contributed. But um, he, that was another part of his video that I'm glad, like he, he just wanted to like almost not make it about himself. Right. About like, yeah. This video is important to try and help other people. Um, he read some kind of statistic about like if an adult person like comes out as gay, like it helps however many younger gay people like wow. you know, not yeah. feel as suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is huge. I mean, imagine yeah. being gay and feeling scared or nervous right. or people won't accept you. And then you see this like big masculine NFL football player come out. Yeah. It's like, this is who I am. And like, I'm, this, this is me and I'm cool with it. And everybody, yeah. Like, that's amazing. And I can only imagine how much that helped like other people already. So that was awesome. And, and like you said, I agree. I kind of like, I'm like, wow, this is like, it's 2021. This is still got to be like breaking news, but like, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, you know, there are certain feelings and certain whatever, but uh, I hope this is just like the first little stepping stone for that other people, you know, feel comfortable to do so in the future. Yeah, I guess I just like, for me, it's it's shocking that it this is such a small stepping stone for the NFL. And I listen to CBS Sports on the radio when I'm going to and from Orange Theory in the morning, and sometimes I'll catch it in the afternoon too. So I'm listening to the morning guys, and I'm listening to the afternoon guys, and they almost kind of contradicted themselves. The morning guys were like, yes, like this is great, like big step forward for the NFL. And the afternoon guys were like, why are we not – further in this why are we you know and I give him all the credit in the world all the kudos coming out doing it on video and letting the world know and not only just doing that but making a donation and really helping right. us understand where the issues are in society because we have a ton of issues and there's so much that we still have to learn yeah. um 
but why like you just said why does someone have to create a video why and there's such this stigma that you are a big you know beefy football player like you can't you know and and whose business is that who you sleep with like who gives a shit as long as they're like of age and not a freaking animal like i don't give a crap who like it's it all and it comes down to who you are as a person like we give so much time and emotion to the nfl like we're so invested in it for what people deliver back to us all i care about is that you step on the field on sunday and you deliver as the player that you're getting paid to be like there's every other and like uh, people were saying too like and i thought this was a great point like someone brought up like, is this going to be a distraction? And someone shot that down and they go, you know what the distraction is when guys are, you know, abusing drugs outside of marijuana, when men are hitting their wives, hitting their girlfriends, when they're, you know, getting, you know, charged with DUI, those are distractions. This is not a distraction. So I think that was the afternoon guys on CBS sports that said that. And I was like, hell yeah. Like Carl, Carl said himself too. um, He was like, he's like, now that I've said this and like, it's out of the way, like my focus is solely on helping my team win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. um, And as a football player, that is, that is it. That is mm -hmm. what you are doing. So I'm missing. Listen, hats off. Kudos. I love it love the donation, you know, everything like that. So yeah, definitely, you know, let's get to a point in time where this kind of stuff isn't newsworthy, but I like talking about it. Let's not make it newsworthy, but it needs to be a part of the discussion. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, distractions, real distractions. Yes. Uh, this last one on Sunday, and this is, this is a big name. So this is a big deal. Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was arrested in Los Angeles. He was charged with felony possession of a concealed firearm. He was initially pulled over during a routine traffic stop when officers noticed a gun sticking out of a bag inside of his car. He was released on Monday, set to appear in court in October during the football season. So we're going to try to keep you posted on that. That's all I have for you guys right now. Um, but yeah. that's a big deal because that's a big name player for that team. Um, and we're just going to see, have to see what the repercussions are. Yeah. And to my knowledge, this isn't just like a handgun. What he had no, was no. like, a, like, a, yeah. like a semi-automatic, like army type, like weapon. So, and I'm a, a firm believer that no average Joe should have any type of access to something like that. So yeah. That's wild and crazy for sure. And again, the, yeah. the true, true distraction. So, yeah, but I guess, yeah, more to come on that. So, yeah. right. <clears throat> righty, moving into our, it's not a topic, but it is a segment within football that we've given to you guys over the past three years when doing the show. We take eight weeks to go over um, every division and we give you the best and worst uh, case scenario for records per team. So uh, we'll do it for the next eight weeks. So this will be our first week. And we are starting off tonight with the AFC East. Um, So we have the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. So we will go through by each team and we will give you what we feel is their best case scenario and worst case scenario record wise. Um, 
Yeah, so there's no real formal way of doing this, but let's start with the Buffalo Bills. What do you have as their best case scenario? Well, I want to actually start with history in the making here. On oh, Real yeah, asterisk. There's an <laughs> Real Football Fans of New Jersey here. First time ever done on the show. I'm actually going to give you my get it off my chest <laughs> during this segment. Normally, do we do it later in the show. I'm going to give it during this segment. It's super quick. Um, but... In playing this game and predicting records, we all have to remember that there are 17 games this season. We did get an extra game. So my get it off my chest is like my whole life I could, you know, (laughs) sit down and shoot the shit with people and be like, oh, they're going to go six and 10 this year. Oh, they're going to go. My life has changed completely. Wait, wait, wait. What are the combinations? Like, what are the codes? I have to do math. I have to whip out my fingers. What? Plus what equals 17. So whipping out the calculator. (laughs) I was doing this today. I was not feeling well. I was not in the mood for this change. We don't need a 17th game. I actually don't know why they added, uh, added one. I mean, I know they took a preseason game away, which is fine. I think like don't need four preseason games, but I definitely don't think that meant we needed an extra regular season game. I even said, if you want to make it that many weeks long, if you want to add an extra week and give teams two five weeks, do that. But that's more beneficial. I think a couple of players said that too, but it's so funny because, and I'll fully admit that I was doing this game and I got, I did Buffalo moved on to Miami was doing Miami. And I was like, no, 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 back it up. So luckily I'd only done one team. Luckily I didn't come to you guys live tonight, giving you my, my 16 week record. I I totally should have like shot you a text and been like, by the way, just remember there's 17 games. I thought about texting you when I made the hiccup, but then I was like, you know what? No, Katie's smarter than me. She definitely knows. So, but me like, this is just like, it'll go, it'll go over my head after this game too. Like I know we're playing it week over week. Thank God, because I'll remember, but I tell, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll get to week. Like, well, it's actually technically 18 weeks, quote unquote. We'll get to like week 16. And I'll be like, wait a minute. There's two, what's going on here? Well, hopefully the next, eight weeks of real football fans from New Jersey and doing this segment. Hopefully like we get acclimated with like the combos. Yeah. win lost combos and, and hopefully uh, we so get weird for the season, but that's my quick, get it off my chest um, because it, it ties in right here. So that's, that's a real football fan, New Jersey first. Well, with that being said for 17 games, what is your best case scenario for the Buffalo bills? Maybe I'm a bit low on best case scenario, but I think the fact that it is 17 games, I'm like, you know, it's going to be hard for teams to win 14 plus. Like that's a lot. So I have the best case scenario at 13 and four, mainly because like, like I said, the 17 games. Um, But I definitely think they might be able to, they might be able to get to 14. Uh, Worst case scenario. I have them at 10 and seven. And just a little, I did small little baby notes on each one. I said for the Buffalo Bills that their easy games are really easy, but their hard games are, are really hard. hard. So their yeah. easy games, um, I, I put down their division games. I think they play in an easier division, but they're also playing Jacksonville. They're playing Houston and they're playing Washington. I would mm-hmm. consider those like definite wins, Yeah. Um, but their hard games 
Woo! They, this is not pretty. They're playing the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Colts, and the Buccaneers. Like, yeah, this it's is, hard. And I think maybe that's another reason why I landed on 13 and four because, like, their hard games are no yeah. Joke. But what, what do you have them at? So I'm going to go with, I actually went with 14 and three, um, you know, coming off their record last year of 13 and three. That's what I originally, when I messed up, I originally went with that because I just, I think that they had a very, very ideal season last year. They, they showed up even losing in the playoffs. It was still kind of like a head scratcher. Like they still could have very much won that game, went on, could have potentially won the Super Bowl. They were a strong, strong team last year, even with the three losses on their schedule. Um, And I just, even their losses looked prettier than a win that maybe a team would have. Um, Like the two that the Jets had last season. Like, you know what I mean? So I just think they're a very talented team and they can only get better, which is terrifying in my opinion. Um, So that's why I did give them the leg up with 14 and three. Okay. And then I agreed with you on worst case scenario, which is a, a lovely worst case scenario, uh, 10 and seven. Okay. All right. We're pretty much on par there. All right. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, the rest of the division is tough for me. I think they're head scratchers. And I think that Miami is a hard team to peg down. And I think they're, they're hard to peg down. I mean, definitely the quarterback position is a little bit of a question mark. Right. Um, you know, are they going to be rolling with Tua for a full season? Yeah. Like, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge believer in this team. They had a good record last year. and Which I'm, I was so, like. I know. This is another Chicago situation of, like, they were good. Like, yeah. they had a good record. Yeah. Um, I'm not a believer in them. So mm-hmm. I have their best case scenario as 10 and 7. And I have their worst case scenario, seven and 10. Okay. Now I think uh, I wrote down that remaining healthy as a team will be key for the Miami Dolphins because they have a super late week 14 bye. I think that's a terrible bye week. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be like an opponent in itself, like trying to stay healthy until that really, really late bye. Um, but this is not a team like I'm super hyped on considering that they had a pretty decent record last year. So I 100% agree with you for sure, because I looked at the record and that was one of those, like, wait a minute, like they were 10 and six. Like I'd love to have a 10 and six freaking record. Like, um, and a lot of it came, I feel like late in the season, but I just, I was going to give them with the normal season, a 500 record of eight and eight. So I ended up going with eight and nine for them. So I'm going to give them on the lower sides. I'm going to give them that ninth loss. They actually open up the season against Buffalo and the Patriots back to back. This is a division that plays and we bring it up every year, no matter how shitty they, some of them can be, they are a division that plays really well against each other. You have, this is a division where it's like, you know, with that, uh, you, you could throw a tie in there. Eventually you can, I do- can't think of, I can't think of anything worse though, than starting your season. Oh, and two, and those are division games. So you're right. starting your division. Oh, and two, yeah. so be huge games. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like 90% sure. So like, if someone wants to fact check me, they can, but I'm like, I'm pretty like 90% sure. Well, you, might, they, you, could, you could be right. They definitely open up against Buffalo, which is just sucks in my opinion. But I mean, but it could be, 
It could be a deal breaker against what I'm saying. It could be they could beat Buffalo week one because it's a division that so how many times have the Jets beaten the Patriots and the Patriots were God almighty many a times, many, many a times. Um, And how quick did it take for Buffalo to just dominate the division really quick? So it's a very sketchy division in that case. I'm going to go with eight and nine though. And then worst case scenario, we are two for two here with I'm giving them seven and 10 as well. Okay. All right. All right, moving on to the New England Patriots, which I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of like hurts to think about them. Huge head scratcher. Huge, huge, huge. We have no idea. And, and this will be the hardest part of playing this game for the next eight weeks is yeah. any team that we don't know, like who you're going with at quarterback, or let's say even like the Jets, for example, like I think Zach Wilson is going to be the week one starter, but right. they're even hard to predict because we've never seen Zach Wilson play an NFL game before. Well, that's why so- I want everyone down in Jacksonville to kind of chill out a little bit. Like Trevor Lawrence is good, but he's not, right. not was- going to the Super Bowl this year. Right. And that was a like one team win last year. Right. So it's like those are going to be the hardest teams to predict. So New England falls into that category because we don't know whether they're going to go with Cam Newton. Maybe they go with Mac Jones. And if they do, we don't know what that's going to look like. So I'm just not a believer in this team. I don't think they can do anything without Tom Brady. I really don't. I know they brought in a lot of people during free agency. Best case scenario, which this is terrible for Bill Belichick, but best case scenario, seven and 10. Worst case scenario, five and 12. Alrighty, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a leg up because it's best case scenario, but I actually just don't know if this is achievable for sure. So I'm going to go nine and eight for best case scenario. Um, I do agree with everything that you did say, though. Like if you don't understand what your quarterback situation is and you have Cam Newton and Mac Jones, I don't know how far they'll take you. I'm sure Mac Jones will do well in the NFL. I just don't know if it's this year with the Patriots or with the Patriots in general in the coming years. I'm just not sure. And, you know, that's coming from me and I'll be, I just don't know. Um, And then the thing with the Patriots is, is they were so hot and heavy this off season with free agency spending the dollars and everything like that. But that does not equate to success. We do not know. There's so many new names on their team and we're used to them developing no names in the off season and just kind of putting them out there. Now you've got some names on your team, but we don't know how they're going to react. You don't know what's going to go on there, but I'm still going to go with nine and eight on them. And we do disagree. Worst case scenario. I'm not going to go a little bit higher than you. Not much, but I'm going to go six and 11. Okay. Yeah. And and my note that I put on them is I just don't see this team winning a ton of games outside of their division. So mm-hmm. I think if they do win, however many, however many games, I think they're going to have to pick up W's in their division. Um, yeah. I, I don't see it happening a ton outside of the division. All right. And finally, the New York Jets. This is a really, really interesting one. Obviously, I said because I do believe Zach Wilson will be the week one starter. So, you know, obviously we know there's going to be rookie hiccups and it could take a while to find his groove. But I do feel as though this is an easy schedule and that definitely helps this New York Jets team. So even though I don't necessarily think that they're this kind of squad, I think they have winnable games. Yeah. I gave them a best case scenario of eight and nine, but I gave them uh, that matching worst case scenario with the Patriots of five and 12. 
All righty. So I was a little less friendly than you, maybe a lot less friendly. Um, We have to like, you know, just like reiterate to the audience that they came, they're coming off a two and 14 record. Like they were bad last year. Um, And maybe it's the new spark with some new management, new coach, new quarterback, maybe they'll get that. And that's why I'm, I'm giving them the record for best case scenario of six and 11, because I think six wins for the New York jets would be tremendous for that. organization. Yeah. No, honestly, honestly, I have to say though, Regardless of what team you play for, I think six wins with a rookie quarterback who plays like, let's say, the whole season. Right. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. And just coming from years past, like that's a like that's a leg up for them. And that gives you more of a competitive advantage in a competitive themselves division, not competitive maybe with everyone else, but competitive themselves. So I do see them snagging a couple of wins within the division. Yeah. But as you said, Easy, pretty uh, schedule for them. So I do see them picking up others as well. And then worst case scenario, listen, repeat seasons happen. So if a repeat season happens, they're falling to two and 15. I was was probably a little generous, um, but definitely like when we play this game and I've done this in the past too, I definitely have kind of reiterated where I'm leaning towards the or the worst. And this is one of those situations where maybe I was a little like, friendly with this one like yeah um i i would say that i'm leaning closer towards the worst case scenario yeah. you know around that five win mark so i could probably like confidently say that i think all of them buffalo i could probably see maybe somewhere in the middle for them but with miami new england and the jets i'm probably leaning way more towards worst case scenario for all of them so i want to say too that when i do these breakdowns the very first thing i do before i look at their schedules is i like to predict what i think best case worst case scenario they'll do within the division what's their right. best worst case division record and i want to say that best case scenario Buffalo does have the capability yeah. to sweep the division. They do. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, they can go 6-0 and and grab right. six wins right there within their division. Something so. shady is going to happen, though. So, listen, I'll lock now. They lose, they lose one. It's so difficult to do it. It really doesn't happen right. a lot. But I just feel as though, like, we have our clear front runner, and these the rest of their these three teams are so suspect right. that in a best-case scenario situation – Buffalo could go 6-0 and in the division. Right. All right. Well, that was fun. I can't wait to uh, continue this for seven more weeks. It just gets us, you know, talking about the season and expectations, and I love that. Um, and it just means every week we inch closer and closer. So I- I'm ready. I'm ready for football. Let's do it. But we do have some huge housewives stories for you this week. Um, a lot of stuff like broke, I feel like, while we were away. Like while we were in Austin. Right. Like, of course. It's like that always happens. At least I wasn't in the hot tub in Thailand. And like, Ugh, so no. <laughs> um, next time I'm making you join the friggin' call while you're in oh, Thailand. Well, I <laughs> it would be a huge time difference, but you know, you can wake my ass up for us. Someone is getting on the freaking line. We have to start doing like breaking news conferences. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so, um, our first big housewife story of the week uh, we have a lot, a huge cast shakeup on the Royal Housewives of Orange County. A lot of familiar Thank faces. Thank God. Coming and going. So, 
This is great. I mean, like this is like a dream past week for Caitlin, the Eli news. And then last week it was announced that Heather Dubrow, Caitlin's dream person that on the, on the show several times have said, if you could have any housewife come back, who would it be? It's always been Heather Dubrow. So keep dreaming people because dreams do come true. Do come true, baby. Heather is returning to the Real Housewives of Orange County for season 16. By the way, I can't believe that they're on season 16. Well, they're OG. That's it. Um, But it was also reported, and this is like a mass exit. I know. Also reported that Kelly Dodd, Bronwyn, and Elizabeth Vargas will be exiting the show. Well, Heather is worth three housewives, so it makes sense. The <laughs> well, Cal- it's like it's like when you trade like Tom Brady and then yeah. you get three players in return. Like it's this- literally like people didn't think this podcast would make sense, but Katie just made a complete comparison. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. She yes. is Tom Brady. The three for one swap. That's it. Um, so. Shannon, Gina, and Emily, they will be returning. Um, that definitely means there's going to be definitely like new housewives coming in as well. Um, Cause that's just four ladies right there. But Heather was with the franchise from season seven to 11. Kelly joined during season 11. Bronwyn, she joined during season 14 and Elizabeth just this past season, season 15. Um, I'm surprised she's not coming back. I kind of like liked her. And I think I said that on the show. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like, she was very quiet in the beginning. And then like, cause I think she's kind of, she's also like super rich, like ungodly real rich. And we know Heather DeBrow is rich, Yeah, but like, they, like Elizabeth is like, uh, I don't even know. Like she would just go buy like a Lamborghini for fun. Like that's what type of rich she is. Um, and I just think that she finally found her voice and like, I, I was like, okay with it. Like, I think she was kind of like in a really good spot. And then, yes, I'm a little shocked about that for sure. It's Not been yeah. a hot minute since we've seen the rookie one and done housewife. And it I feels know. like, okay, I'm going to go like all the way back in time to New Jersey. When do you remember when they had those two twins on the show? Those yes. Two, yeah. I feel like, and I forget their names, right? Um, but I, I honestly like, I, like I'm just using them as a reference point of like when in time this happened. But I feel like it was that time where it was like every rookie was like a one and done, like right. maybe two seasons max. And they just Bravo was not hitting the nail on the head with anybody that they were casting. And we've been giving them such credit lately because they've been doing such an amazing job. So this is to me feels like the first rookie one and done that we've had uh, that we've had in a while. Yeah, I'm trying to like like think like really hard because I think you're correct. Um, so I'm a little shocked that she's actually leaving for that part too. Um, and then Orange County has had some one and dones too. It's like mm-hmm. that like really I forget what her name was a really skinny girl. And they also had that really other rich girl that she was like a one and done too. <laughs> She sucked. Um, but no, but like rich, rich. Like, yes, all these women are rich, but like rich, 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 rich. Um, and Orange County rich is different from New Jersey rich. It's all oh, yeah, all different riches. Um oranges, literally. Literally. Like get it? Get literally. It? <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Literally <laughs> apples to oranges. 
All right. So um, according to a source back in February, Kelly was expecting to be fired. We were all expecting her to be fired. Um, Obviously, she made a lot of controversial comments in the past year, mainly in regards to the pandemic. A lot of things that I feel like every week we were coming on the show and reading about another apology that she had to give. She's just Um, crazy. But this was great. This was really juicy. If people, you know, obviously are podcast listeners, if you're into podcasts. um, You better be if you're listening to us. But you know what I mean? Like if you, if you're a diehard podcast listener and you're looking for something to listen to, this is definitely like a juicy one that you should circle back to. Because last week, Andy Cohen actually joined Heather Dubrow on her podcast to discuss her return. And Andy had confessed that he didn't actually believe it was like going to happen. Um, and But he did say like this was really needed. He admitted that this cast needed a shakeup and really needed a statement. Mm-hmm. And this is certainly, you know, making a statement and it's then statement. making a shakeup. And also I'm sure there's gonna be more additions, but the producers actually reached out to Heather in December uh, with the idea. And at first she admits that she wanted to laugh it off, but then she did change her mind. I do have a quote from her from that podcast episode. She said, honestly, a year ago or two years, two years ago, I might've said no because of what you're talking about. Timing is a big deal. But at the time that I left, the culture of the show had changed a bit since when I joined the show. I think we can agree on that. I wasn't happy. And I think it was a good mutual decision that maybe my time on the show was done. Now things are a little bit different. My family's in a different place. My kids are a little bit older. The pandemic has sort of given me a different perspective on things. And then I started to think about, okay, how many times do you get to go back and try something again? So, you know, we honestly, just as a theme of like when it was a lot of, you know, rookie one and dones back in the day, there has been a theme of, I almost feel like Bethany was one of the first to do it. Like a big name who had been on many seasons leave and then come back and then come back a couple seasons later um, this and is- make like a bigger debut almost like she, her it second time, like she never left because even though the cast yeah. was different, it was, it was like she never left. She was, was better her second time around, though, in my opinion. As much as I love, like, OG Bethany, like, yeah. I loved her her second. I that one really rough season when she was crying. Like, the Carol season. Her, her that was, the, friendship was, like, that the was just painful, annoying Bethany yeah. season ever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're starting to see this become a trend. Obviously, I know Caitlin is unbelievably excited. I'm, I'm so excited. This is, like, Christmas Day it news is. for her. Um, and we'll yeah. say Hanukkah, though, because Heather is Jewish. So. Yes, yes. But, it is um, Hanukkah like, Day for me. It's really great news. I mean, I know that it's not a forever thing, and I know they, they were trying to make it a forever thing, but I've always said I wanted Heather Thompson to come back. Right. And he did. And honestly, I think she probably would have stayed if it wasn't for like how crazy Leah was for her. She's but having a rough season. <laughs> it gets like you have to think like it had been a really hot minute since we saw both Heathers. I know. But it gives you hope and faith that like some of your favorites that leave, uh, you could potentially see come back. Yeah. Wink, nod, nod, Dorinda, Tinsley, whenever you want to like. Lisa Vanderpump, Vanderpump, everyone. Like oh, yeah. whenever, whenever you're ready, we're ready for you. I would even take Vicky. I would even take Vicky Gumbelson back in Orange County. Oh, as much as she wasn't my favorite, she truly is like the OG. So she makes it 
what the show is. Like, I just like, as much as like Ramona pisses us off, if she were to leave New Jersey, you still want, you would still want her to come back eventually. So like, that's where I'm trying to get at with Vicky. Like when she left, I was definitely kind of like, I was like, oh shit. Like, I guess I didn't feel like I was going to be this like kind of upset about it. Cause like I had my, you know, ups and downs with her more downs more often than not. Um, I'm so thrilled about Heather coming back. Um, so great. She always just brought such like class and just good, like, you know, I love her family. Um, I love everything about her for sure. And then there is a, a rumor now that Tamara is coming back as a friend. So she will be on the show, but her and Heather are pretty close to my knowledge. Um, so I think that's probably as a huge play in it. So if Heather's coming back full time, she'll be hanging out with Tamara and things like that. So, but in regards to Brawin and Kelly, good riddance to both of you. You brought such unbelievable, crazy drama. Bravo was going to want to like cash in on Bronwyn's whole like wacky life. Well, now she's dating a, a, a former, Orange County member. I don't know who this girl is. She was, she was a friend, I think, or something. I looked at pictures of her. I am not, I'm, I'm actually kind of like, like given that I've been watching Orange County since like it aired, I don't, I don't like, I, I, I'm blanking on who she is. Like, I don't know who she I is. I just wanted to see the dynamic with her and her husband or like, no, current husband um, and see what that was going to look like. And I was surprised that Bravo wasn't like, yes, we are all about this story. To me, yeah, to me, it has nothing to do with her coming out and being a lesbian. Good for you. You live your best life. Dynamic with the husband. It's, it's the, no, 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 no. I I get what you're saying. Like Bravo wanting to, I'm saying the reason why I just don't want her on is because it's just, it was just so toxic. Her story was getting so discombobulated and weird and so all the news stories we've delivered to you and like with her like her daughter's getting involved I just couldn't like it was getting too much and everything like that I just feel like right now like it's just not it's not a storyline that I'm it's like watching New York right now like we're stressed about watching New York right now like it's not something else I wanted to see and the same thing with Kelly Dodd like it's just like Jesus oh Oh, my god I didn't like her from day one. And now it's like everything else that she does. It's like, why didn't anyone live? Go back to our podcast two years ago. Get the receipts. I didn't like her from day one. She sucked from day one, like point blank. She was never fun. She was whatever. Like, I don't care if you go on in life and you have the same views as her on things. She is just annoying and too much and just, oh my God, she sucked. So the two of them out. Honestly, though, Elizabeth, little shock. She's not going back. It's going to be a very interesting season. We'll see how, uh, how the rest of it plays out. Like I said, like I'm expecting additions. So we'll definitely keep you posted on yeah. any new cast members that get announced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, crazy, crazy shakeup. All righty. Well, speaking of, well, Heather's not really a new housewife, but let's talk about a new addition potentially to New Jersey. And we did. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So let's not, and let's Women not. Are back. Why do we need anybody else? And this story is interesting too, because I roll my eyes. It does prove that this podcast make freaking sense though. So to all the haters out there, all the people who laugh every time I say it's a football and housewives podcast, we are the pioneers. And this story yeah. proves it. 
because guess who the potential new New Jersey housewife is? Dun, dun, dun. dun Tracy dun, dun. Lynn Johnson. Oh, do you not know who that is? Uh, uh, she is the wife of former New York Giants, Tiki Barber. Yep. So here you go. Football housewives, football housewives. And I'm rolling my eyes because Tiki Barber is on my shit list and he probably will be for a very long time. Maybe before on my deathbed, I will forgive him because he did give a lot to the New York Giants. But for now, while I am living, breathing, doing everything on my shit list, that's a, a story for another day though. And if you don't know why he's on mine and Katie's shit list, just Google him. I don't know. Yeah. Read a book. That's all I can tell you. Read a book. Um, all right. So she is currently in talks to join the Real Housewives of New Jersey cast for season 12. She has been filming. So that has been confirmed uh, with the cast at events and is also filmed at her home to test out how she sees and fits with other women. So Tracy, she lives in Florham Park, New Jersey. She is neighbors with Snooki. So I have, you know, heard that rumor that Snooki kind of introduced they them. They've like posted themselves right. going out together. So I have heard that rumor of like her introducing them to maybe she knows producers of the show, something like that or whatever, or just the, the fame of New Jersey. Um, so she has was filmed at Margaret's recent uh, pride party in Englewood. So I did see pictures of that. That kind of like, I was like, oh, shit. Melissa, Melissa posted just a picture of her and Tracy to her mm -hmm. too. So, and I think it was from that yeah. party. She was at another party with Dolores as well, Melissa, Teresa, and Jackie. Um, and then also, too, it was, you know, back in 2015, she was rumored to be a housewife. So, I mean, listen, also, too, like, as much as like, you guys have to, like, like, look at the backstory of this girl, too, with Tiki Barber. It's wild yeah. and crazy. Like, he was married before this. She was in college when they started hooking up while he was married. His wife was pregnant. And I just can't. it is a wild, wild story. And, like, she was literally in college, and he would send her flowers and all this stuff and was trying to court her while he was married. They got divorced. He then married her really quickly. So... Listen, what's a housewife without the drama, though? But here's my thing. So I say if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? All the women are coming back. Right. I'm not saying that she can't, like, fit into the group. But it, it also, like, it, it immediately made me think, what is everybody so unbelievably in love with about New Jersey? It's right. the husbands and what they bring. So it's also like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it with the women. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it with the husbands. <sighs> like, am I just supposed to expect Tiki Barber is now going to be like out with that group of guys? Like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, that would be weird. But then number two it would also be weird to have a new cast member and the husband not be in that group because like, that would literally be all of them minus one dude. You know what I, I mean? would take that. I don't want to see him with them. We love them. I don't love him. I don't want him involved. Maybe we're definitely going to see Louie now, like a part of that group. I'll accept Louie. I'm not accepting Tiki Barber. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine Tiki Barber like out on a golf course, like watching no. Frank, Frank Catania kiss Joe Gorga's ass. Like, it's just weird. So I don't know. Like, I hope this is just a rumor. Um. I think if I had to place money on it and make a bet, I would say that she's just going to be the new Michelle Pius. Well, I that's going to be the friend. Yes. I think we'll see her a couple parties. 
Maybe she'll have an episode where she throws a party, her and Tiki throw a party at their house. I think that's all it's going to be. And I'm hoping that's all it's going to be. I literally, and like maybe we're like telepathic. I swear to God, I was like thinking that five minutes ago when we brought up the topic. I was like, this is who that girl is going to be. Yeah, the friend. Because that's what Michelle did last season. She went to parties. She was pretty much on like 50% of the episode attending events. She had a decent amount of speaking time. She had a drama line. There was literally drama with her, right. Melissa, Joe, right. and Teresa. Like there was But a we little- also had enough where it was just she wasn't involved and it was the core group. Right. But sometimes you do see friends on Housewives right. who are like, you're in every single episode. Why are you a friend? Wait. So I no, think yeah. she's going to be on the show and she's going to be a friend. Like I do hope it is at a true friend capacity right. and not the whole housewife capacity. So you know what I noticed? So this is like breaking out into other reality TV. And I it was it's actually it makes a lot of sense. So with Siesta Key. So I was catching up last night with my boyfriend on it, and there was a girl like in the background, like kind of like blurred out as a conversation was going on. He was like, wait a minute, who is that person? It's they have a ton of they're on like a for everyone who doesn't watch Siesta Key, they're on like Oh, and, uh, so many of their other friends are there. Are there, but they're never involved because they're not the main characters. Numbers, yeah. They're not. And I I agree that sometimes when you bring on friends, like how much did Danielle Staub ruin the show? Like how yeah. people ruin the show when they're friends, but they're in, they're involved in so, so much. Well, Elise on New York, she ruined, why was she there so much? So like, it was so funny watching last night because it's literally one of the main character's best friends from college and she's there, she's on the island, but they don't, she's not involved in things. She's not, the camera does not go to her because it's not, it's not what the people want. Give the people what they want. So I think last year, you're right, with Michelle, it was, they gave a good- It was fine. It was a good mix of things. I mean, I don't, I don't really, really like her, I guess, of it. But I guess if they bring this girl on, we'll understand, like, we really like her and things like that. But, yeah, yeah, I just, I think Bravo needs to do a better job. Like, if they are a friend, let's stick to that. Like, they are a friend. So. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's, listen, we'll we'll see. So, it's definitely an interesting combination. But, yet again. So, I mean, I'm expecting maybe by the fall, like, we'll we'll get a. We should know relatively soon, I feel, Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get into our game of the week. This game is called Real Deal or No Deal. Um, It is going to be looking ahead into the 2021 season as we are going to do a lot uh, over the Mm -hmm. summer. And we're going to take a look at all 32 NFL teams. And we have categories. And we're going to predict which category we we think each team falls into. Now, you can place as many as many or as few teams as you want into each category, but we do have five. So the five categories are teams that have a legit shot at winning a Super Bowl, teams that make the playoffs but definitely are not winning a Super Bowl, um, teams that are just missing the playoffs, teams that are mediocre AF, (laughs) um, and teams that have no shot in hell. So – do we want to start with the good or do we want to start with the ugly? It's totally up to you, but like I need to just like be like very transparent with our audience. Like this is a very hard game to play because like 
You're lit, but you're literally going from like Super Bowl contender to like hell no, no Super Bowl. Like I feel like that's such a big jump. Like because well, it's like there's they're obvious. I feel like I, I don't know. The middle of the pack is a little trickier, but I feel like. At yeah. least the bottom, I feel, is easy. And then, like, asterisk, too. Like, this is not going to, like, strategically make sense. Like, the amount of names Katie and I say for, like, Super Bowl playoff, it's not going to, like, mathematically, like, make sense, maybe. So, like, don't be like, well, well this yeah, yeah. only this many teams are going to make the this money. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> or, like, maybe, like, some, like, division send, like, all four teams. Like, it's right. not, like. No, it's not like that. You, you guys just have to go gonna, along with it. You like, guys understand the gist. Put your um, creative heads on. Like, if this isn't like a perfect world, like. Yes, yes. All right. All right. So why don't we start at the top? I think okay. we start with teams uh, that have a legit shot at winning the Super Bowl in 2021. Okay. I, I, I want to know how many teams do you have in this category? I'm curious. Wait, hold on. <laughs> well, you have a lot. I have seven. Have. Holy shit. See, I now have, I feel like I played the game. I have four. I have four. I think it's like... Okay, I couldn't... It's because of the the next step of, like, definitely not winning a Super Bowl. There was two teams that I just didn't feel comfortable putting in there. Because okay. I was like, they All totally right. could. But All maybe right. they won't. They probably won't, but they could. So let's, that's right. Let's hear your teams that have a legit shot at winning the Super Bowl. And this is, like, kind of in no order, but it kind of... Maybe people Mine might take no order whatsoever. It's not, but maybe my people might take it in an order. No, no, no. So I'm going with the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Bills, the Titans, the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. Wow. Chargers. That one surprised me. Listen, I I like that team a lot. It just legit shot at winning a Super Bowl. That that one surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um I have four and there's one like team that I really wanted to stick in there as the fifth. And I just did not So the chargers, <laughs> um, I am going with, I'm always a believer in the Seattle Seahawks. I just, I'm, am. that was one of the teams at first. I didn't have them there, but I was like, there's no way you can't put them there. It's not that I think they're like so much better than the teams that are going to be in my next tier. Right. It's just the fact that they pretty much always make the playoffs. And when they do Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, just know how to win in the postseason. They do. There are I teams agree. that can make the playoffs every year, but they don't know how to win in the postseason. Right. This is a team that finds a way like, all the time. Right. So I'm going with Seattle. I'm going with our reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Green Bay. I think they're probably the okay. strongest team in the NFC. And I'm going with the strongest team in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Uh, all right. Playoffs, but definitely not a Super Bowl. I definitely have a lot more teams in this category. Who do you have? I know, and now I'm hold on, wait, I'm copying and pasting one team into there because I feel like I messed up with them. Hold on. <laughs> I'm changing my mind on something. I will just say that Buffalo was my fifth team that I, like, really – Oh, they could totally win back. a Super Bowl. I, I was going back and forth on. I could have not put them in there. All right, so playoffs, but definitely not a Super Bowl. Um, I am going with the Cardinals, the Browns, the Saints – the 49ers, Washington, which kills me, but I'm just thinking about the division strategically, the Colts, the Packers, and the Steelers. 
Now, how come you don't think Green Bay? You think because that, that legit shot at winning the Super Bowl? You think just the drama with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Okay. All right. I just I can't like really like and like if I really wanted to be aggressive with them, like with like that whole situation, like maybe I'd put them as missing the playoff. Like I just I just don't. There's so much uncertainty around them. Like I just like it's not something that I'm very confident right now. But just given their history and like dominance in the NFC, I'm I'll put them in this slot for sure. Okay. All right. It really does come down to that though. So. All right. Um, I know that we were saying like strategically, like we weren't doing it a certain way, but the only division that I did that for was the NFC East. So I'm like, okay, like one, That's team, what I knew. one team in the NFC East has to make the playoffs. So I did throw that team in there. Um, I'm go, I, I put in the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like Cowboys. Washington is weird and they always make it in somehow. I put the Cowboys. I also put the Arizona Cardinals. I put the Tennessee Titans. Um, I would say I have Tennessee. I have the Colts and I have Buffalo. I really like those three teams as like, if there was a middle category between this one and legit shot at winning a Super Bowl, those three teams would win. Well, they're like right there. You know? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, there needs to be a middle category. But then I also, to round out um, my final two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers and I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, such a strong division, the AFC North. And I yeah. do could see, I could see three teams, you know, making it for sure, especially with now getting an additional playoff team. It, it could definitely happen. All right, who is just missing the playoffs? I am going with the Vikings, two NFC East teams with the Giants and the Cowboys, the okay. Bengals and the Rams. Okay, all right. We have some similar ones. Um, I am going with the Rams. I am going with the 49ers. I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. You definitely have a lot more faith in the Saints than I do. Like Because I, I think they are more Okay, so I don't know how to say this like properly in like proper grammar, which I should know my grammar. The Packers without Aaron Rodgers looks like a dumpster fire in the distance, but they have a lot behind them. The Saints without Drew Brees, I'm sure will be some sort of a disaster, but they have so much more to keep them going, if that makes any sense, any way, shape, or form. So I'm not really seeing this season for them as a disaster, as a lot of people might say. They were might just nervous about the Jameis. Jameis said. It might not even be him. Who knows who's that quarterback? I'm nervous about the quarterback position in general. How about that? I'm nervous about it in Green Bay as well. So, and even if Aaron Rodgers does come back, he's going to be even more of a prick that he's been in the past couple seasons. I still think I stand by my statement of saying Aaron Rodgers is still going to be with the Packers, and I still think they're going to be like one of the top seeds in the NFC. Yeah. Anyways, just missing the playoffs. They have the Rams, the 49ers, the Saints, the Vikings. Uh, I do have the Browns. Okay. Like, I know that they had such a great season last year. I kind of feel like that was, like, 
almost a miracle season for the Cleveland Browns. And I feel like it's going to be a little bit hard to repeat, especially in such a good division that I could see them just missing it. But that's like the new division that's like dangerous and might potentially send like three people to the playoffs. I have the Cincinnati Bengals here is just missing the playoffs. And to round out, I I have the Los Angeles Chargers here. I love the Chargers. They are like my dark horse this year. But um, dark dark horse doesn't necessarily mean playoffs, right? Um, but maybe we'll see where I put them at when we do record predictions. But um, all right, mediocre AF. This is my biggest one. My most amount of teams yeah. have fallen into this category. Go ahead, kick us off. So I'm going with the Raiders, the Eagles, Patriots, Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons, Bears. And the Broncos. We have like almost identical like ones here. I have Falcons, Panthers, Giants, Philly, Washington. So there you go. I have three of the head of the East teams there. Uh, Chicago, Miami, New England, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Which means no shot in hell. Who do we have left, Lonnie? Who do, who do you got here? Well, I have four teams. You have three. So I actually put the Jets within no shot in hell. Um, The Lions, Texans, and the Jaguars. And again, my friendly reminder to everyone for the Jaguars, just because you got Trevor Lawrence does not mean you are winning a Super Bowl this year, nor does that mean you are having a winning record. I really want people to understand that, mainly because as much as I am a Giants fan and strictly hone in on the Giants. I want NFL plans to be, excuse me, NFL fans to be mental, mentally safe and mentally smart. Do not get hung up and be stupid about certain things. Like do not think that your team is going to be tremendous. If they are for some weird ass reason, good for you. You go out and celebrate that. We said it earlier. earlier. I think if Jacksonville were to turn around a one win season and and then win six games with a rookie quarterback, I think that's a huge win, right? Huge win. Yeah. But just Um, let's be smart and don't, don't be silly. I have your, I have three of your four, obviously. I don't have the Jets in this list. That's the difference. I have Detroit, I have Houston, and I have Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, I actually have a little bit more faith than Detroit and Houston. I think things are going to get really ugly for those two franchises specifically. Um, So yeah, those are, those are my no shot in hell. They'll have to try and uh, prove us wrong. Well, that was a fun game for sure. Um, obviously, you know, as we both said, we wish there was a little bit of a maybe another level yeah. between Super Bowl and uh, definitely not a Super Bowl because there's a lot of, I don't know, I want to say there's a lot of talented teams, but there's also a lot of question mark teams. Um, yeah. Like I said, I really, I really love like that what I would call my in between tier of the Titans, the Colts, and the Bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are really, really solid teams that, and there's always somebody that comes in and shakes it up. Like we expect them to make the playoffs, but like, remember, like nobody thought two seasons ago that the Titans were going to be oh. the AFC championship and game. upset the Patriots. Like you so never, yeah. Somebody will probably come through and shake it up. Absolutely. For sure. Alrighty. Well, it is that time of the episode where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative, football, housewives, wine. Katie already got her, got it off her chest in both a historic.
you're frozen. I'm back. I was saying, I was saying, wait for me on the other end, but you couldn't see me. Wait for me because Katie already gave her get it off her chest and given that my internet's unstable, I'm going to make mine super duper fast. Um, so one like last like shout out to um, and um, like ask for our followers and our fans and everything like that. Um, I am doing a fundraiser for the um, Tom Coughlin J Fund. Um, it's for families, you know, battling childhood cancer. Um, they do so much work for them. You know, what? It, it, there's just so much. You got to go to their website. They it just in, incredible what, you know, families have to go through um, insanely bad, like with, you know, battling childhood cancer, the, the J fund does so much for them. So I am doing a fundraiser and the only thing you have to do is buy wine. That's it. No gimmicks, nothing. Katie has already donated, bought so much wine, obviously, because we are wine drinkers. Um, thank you so much, Katie. And thank you. So uh, we've had a ton of donations so far. So I'm so, so thrilled about it. But I am calling on you, the real football fans, and New Jersey fans, please, 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 uh, go ahead and donate. If you don't drink wine, send it my way. I'll drink it. Someone in your life definitely drinks wine. So, Like I said, they have great bottles where it's like, if you need a housewarming gift yes. uh, for somebody, they have a uh, home sweet home, like very pretty labels and bottles that you can gift. So it's yes. also great for that as well. Someone in your life drinks wine and that's it. You just have to buy a bottle. They have very affordable prices. And again, all like well, a portion of the proceeds do go to the J Fund. And the J Fund is near and dear to mine and Katie's hearts. It's near and dear to all Giants fans' hearts. So just one last final plug there. And then also, too, dealing back with the Giants. Oh my God, they released a like pump-up video today of it is the um, 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl that we won in 2011. And holy guacamole, this video is the best thing I've ever seen. I got so much work done today at work because I watched it in the morning and I was ready to go. It is going to be my new motivational video. Wanted to run through a brick wall. All of your favorite guys were on there. Eli, Victor Cruz, Antrell Roll, Manningham, any, oh. every guy that you loved, Tuck. Oh, Tuck. Oh my God, I couldn't. The best was the part with Tuck where he's looking at all the guys, the guys that hadn't won the Super Bowl in 2007. He was like, You don't have a ring. I have a ring. <laughs> and he was like, ring? You want a ring? <laughs> so, and wow. I was like, Watching it. Yes, I want a ring. <laughs> I do want one. But honestly, like, oh my God, like, I just, I think New York football is back. New York Giants football is back. And I'm so excited. This, you know, maybe that's a sign that this season's going to be 10 years later. I mean, that sucks 10 years later. <laughs> it's a sign that, you know, things are going to be really, really great. I'm just so pumped and love the video. 12 teams in the NFL still have not won a Super Bowl ever. So I know you say 10 years ago. Or teams that are waiting several decades for right. one. So we are we are very blessed to have seen some Super Bowl wins in our lifetime so yeah. far. But yeah, let's get some more. Let's get some more rings, baby. More rings! I want the rings. <laughs> All right. Well, great, 
great show tonight. Thank you guys for joining. We missed you. Glad to be back. Um, we're going to be rocking and rolling with, uh, you know, gearing up for the NFL season to come. And obviously all the crazy housewives news that have been going on. Um, as far as things that you don't want to miss this week, Real Houses in Beverly Hills is on tonight at 8 p.m. or was started at 8 p.m. You can catch it later because obviously you're with us. And Roni is on Tuesday next week at 9 p.m. Don't miss that. And don't miss us next week when we see you. And I think we're in like the 80s from the NFL season, something like that. We're close. We're uh, close. It was like, uh, I want to say it was like 60 something. Oh, 60? Why do I think it was 80? I don't know. Preseason. The first preseason game is August 5th. Oh, so, so we are closer than that. For we're, sure. we're close. We're close. It, it might be in the 40s or 50s. We're close. We're close. We're getting there. Getting so. there. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you.